This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got some great compliance stories, and our first story of the day is from Hypnos1214, a gold medal for cheating the system. I was in Cub Scouts growing up. Now, this is the early 90s, so participation trophy fever hadn't caught on fully. As I said, it was in the Cub Scouts, and they did lead the charge for the everybody's a winner ideals. Anyways, we had a pack competition at camp one year. It was basically an obstacle course, with the first place pack getting a trophy to carry until next year's camp. Back then, Weeblos were a two-year program, and this was for first-year Weeblos packs. The previous year winner always presented the trophy, and it was always the most physically fit group there. We probably were the only pack that chose our smartest to be leader, and not the most popular, or whatever most vain children see as important. One of the rules were that if a scout gave up on an obstacle, then the next one got to go ahead, and the team was assessed a time penalty. There were 8 obstacles, and our pack had 9 people. Obviously, one had to sit out. Even with that one sitting out, we had four kids who weren't exactly the most physically fit kids out there, our leader being one of them. We were discussing our strategy when our leader asks if everyone trusts him. Of course we do, and strategy time is limited. He says, I'm turning in the lineup and to do exactly what he says. We didn't know what he was doing, but nodded since the lineup was due and we didn't want them to randomly assign obstacles. The leader came back with the list and the four most physically fit boys had the easiest obstacles. We were confused and some of us a little angry until, well, here's the malicious compliance. He gave the easiest to the most physically fit because they could easily speed through it. The rest of us were supposed to immediately declare we can't do the obstacle, so we'll just be assessed the penalty. The next year, we got to present the trophy. I think the real flaw that's identified here is the fact that you can just take a penalty. You can just say no and take a penalty. I know it's just a bunch of kids competing, but like, I wonder if that influenced them to consider maybe reworking it a little bit. Maybe just make the penalty worse so that you can't like win a couple of the other competitions and then just quit on a few and win. Like, you should have to at least register a score in every category, right? If there's a team that just literally quits one or two activities, should they even be eligible to win? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from No Wonder 6956 Pandemic Business Loans. I recently started to see a trend of small, long-established businesses deciding to close. Businesses that have been around since the 1960s or many even earlier than that. These businesses seem to be rock solid and withstood the test of time. Many of these took out loans during the pandemic. A local restaurant just closed and I asked the owner why he closed now and not during the pandemic. He said that he was able to continue operating throughout the pandemic because of the small business pandemic loans. However, he said that he never developed a long-term plan to pay back the loans because he said he was planning on going out of business anyway. I asked him, is the bank going to try to collect from you? He replied, this business has been around for so long that it relies on its own credit. 
and no individual is linked to this business for credit purposes. The malicious compliance was that the government encouraged businesses to take out loans. So this restaurant did, and used it as a life raft for a three-year plan to shut down with no intention of paying back. The restaurant owner told me he followed the rules of the loan program exactly, and everything he did was legal. Some say malicious compliance, some say fraud, some say smart, some say underhanded and shady. I don't know if it was the morally right thing to do, but they got some cash out of the government, that's for sure. Our next story is from Abe Squad. Complain about me on my last day? Fine by me. So it's my last day at my most recent restaurant job. Now, the restaurant I work in requires all customers to wear masks when they're not at the table. I try to explain that it comes from a corporate level and I have no say in the matter, but I end up dealing with a lot of angry people. I'm a host and a large party comes in. I tell the party that everyone needs to wear masks until they get to the table. A younger pregnant lady tells me that she's not required because she's pregnant and has a medical exemption. I explain that a restaurant doesn't recognize medical exemptions and she'll be required to wear one just until she gets to the table. The whole group gives me the usual snark, legal arguments, conspiracy theories, etc. But eventually they all put on their masks and are seated. Well, about an hour later, the party's leaving. The pregnant woman comes back to the host stand. She thanks us for excellent service and asks me, in a tone that was polite but laced with contempt, what my name is. Now, it's my last day at this restaurant. The next day I'll be in pajamas, sipping coffee, and working from home without a care in the world. With my mask hiding my grin, I tell her my name proudly. My IRL name is unique and very easy to misspell, so I spell it out for her letter by letter and make sure she knows it's right. I'm the only one with my name in the whole restaurant. In a tone that says, I'm gonna get you in so much trouble, she says, thank you, and leaves. All my coworkers joke about it being my last day and how much trouble I'm not going to be in as soon as she calls and finds out I no longer work there. I'm keeping up with Yelp and Google reviews to see if my name pops up, but nothing yet. Do you guys think if you have a bad experience working at a place and you get their worker's name that it's a trashy thing to go on Google reviews and name drop them? Like if you just have like a really bad inattentive waiter that takes forever, isn't very polite, would it be out of pocket to drop their name in like a Google or Yelp review? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from January So Cold. I need the key. Another malicious compliance post reminded me of this. It's either malicious compliance or petty revenge. At one of my first restaurant jobs, the saffron, truffle oil, and other expensive condiments were kept locked in a cupboard. Usually the cupboard was unlocked during the shift because it was easy to grab what was needed without asking the kitchen manager to unlock it. A new manager decided that it should be kept locked, and if we needed access, they would unlock it, give us the ingredient, and when finished with it, get the manager to unlock the cabinet again. So, two of my colleagues decided to play with this. One would ask for access to the cupboard, get the saffron or whatever, use it, and then get the manager to lock it back up. Five minutes later, the other coworker would do the same thing. They would wait until the manager was back in their office, settle down, and then ask for the cupboard to be opened. After a few days of constantly locking and unlocking the cupboard, it was left open. I mean, I get it, you don't want to like waste precious resources, you don't want to deal with 
Anybody that wants to have a fining dining experience of their own at home and having sticky fingers. But that method is just unsustainable. If anything, just honestly set up like some kind of CCTV that shows that cupboard. Because short of that, the Walmart gaming case section type thing, not a very sustainable method. Also, why is the word cupboard so weird? I've always said cupboard, Google Translate says cupboard, but it's spelt cupboard. Our next story is from Stitch and Stella, Grandma Needs Sour Cream. This story is back from when I was a teenager and is one of those stories my family tends to tell every time we get together. I have one of those families that literally says the same stories over and over. I enacted the malicious compliance while me and my mom were visiting my grandma. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This isn't a dramatic story, but it still makes me laugh. My grandma took us to the store so she could get some food to prepare later that night. Once she has everything she thinks about, we all go up front and she realizes she forgot sour cream. Grandma looks at me and asks me to go grab it before the cashier's done. I ask her what size she needs and she just responds with, grab the largest they have. I run to the back of the store and see that they have lots of tubs behind one of those glass doors with the milk. And it's at this point I look down from the shelf in the store and you can see these large buckets on the side. They had these like industrial sized containers of sour cream. Immediately I decide I should listen to grandma and get the largest I see. I do the slow walk carrying this massive bucket and wrap around the corner and can see the registers. Immediately I can hear my mom howling with laughter and my grandma yelling what the heck. I get up to them and my mom and the cashier are laughing. Grandma's immediately saying that's not what she meant and why the heck do they sell sour cream this size here? And my mom's just saying, you said it. Mom takes the bucket for me and says she'll get the sour cream now while me, the cashier, and grandma are laughing as grandma calls me a smart butt. I'm not gonna lie, I adore sour cream. I could probably find a way to use sour cream in just about any meal I eat, but even knowing that, you shouldn't go full American. You would think that this store is like a restaurant supplier or something. What normal person or family could go through an industrial giant bucket of sour cream? This next story is from New Bromance, a parcel that didn't make it to America. So I work in an off-license, a liquor store or convenience store for any non-UK people reading. Most of my job is selling alcohol, but we're also a UPS drop-off point. So people can collect and send UPS packages from here. If a parcel is going abroad, it also needs three commercial invoices attached. One for UK Customs, one for UPS, and one for American Customs when it arrives. This system has been in place since Brexit. Before then, you only needed one copy, but for reasons I don't understand, leaving Europe cocked us all up, and now we have to do this. 
The result is the instructions on sending a parcel abroad online are a bit confusing. So often people turn up without all three invoices and I have to tell them it won't be accepted. 90% of customers accept this once explained, some grumble and then accept, but this specific customer was having none of it. For whatever reason, she plainly just didn't believe me, even when I showed her the poster behind me literally explaining that it needed three invoices. Whatever she had read said that just one would be fine, and she wouldn't accept some lowly shop worker telling her otherwise. Eventually, I gave up explaining that it was just going to get stuck in customs, and when she demanded again I accept the parcel, I replied, Okay, but again, I have to warn you, this won't get to America. She rolled her eyes, and I gave her her receipt, confirmation the parcel had been received into the shop. Later that day, when UPS came to collect today's parcels, me and the driver had a good laugh about that parcel, and he happily took it. One week later, she's in my shop again, complaining the parcel still hasn't gotten to America. And what am I going to do? At this point, it's out of my hands. I'm just the drop-off point. So I give her UPS customer service number and tell her she'll have to take it up with them. She informs me that she's going to be complaining about me as well, apparently. I don't care. I don't work for UPS. Two weeks later, she's back in the shop with the same parcel to return it again. It now has three invoices attached correctly. My customer service voice is agonizingly sweet as I accept that parcel. My have a nice day afterwards must have been the most insincere goodbye anyone has ever uttered. The bottom line is some people are just beyond helping. Some people, you can give them a roadmap on how to do everything correct, and their sheer entitlement and narcissism will allow them to drive right past that and pound their mindset and their belief into the ground until it doesn't work anymore. And our final story of the day is from Itchy Veterinarian 73 I tried to tell him about the portalaise. So I'm a construction manager, and I've been running jobs for this one contractor in Palm Beach for four years now and he has not bothered me or messed with any of my methods on any of the past three mansions that I've built for him. And for some reason on this project, he decided to assert his authority. He must have been off his meds and decided to give me a hard time because I had plumbers on an empty lot getting it prepped to start building a new house from the ground up. On all of my projects, I build an outhouse with running water and a toilet. It's nice when the owner's on site with a design team and they actually have someplace nice to go pee real quick. On the outside of the outhouse, I always use a large plastic laundry room wash tub sink so people can wash their hands and rinse out paintbrushes, etc. I also have a hose reel with a 100 foot hose. It's all very efficient and free and it's a pleasure to use versus the plastic portalette that we all know smells like crap is full of maggots in it hot as heck, and it's absolutely disgusting with 30 to 40 workers on a job. So, for some reason, he gets a bug up his butt and says, screw it, you're not building an outhouse on this job, just call the Portalay company and have them deliver tomorrow. I tried to talk some sense into him, but he didn't want to hear it, and gave me unnecessary attitude. Maybe he's not getting laid at home. So I said, sure, I'll call and set it up. The next morning, I called and ordered two portalets and a wash stand, which has fresh water and paper towel holders, so you can at least wash your hands when you're done using the restroom. The charge for the two portalets and the wash stand is $1,300 per month, 
It will take me at least a year and a half to finish this project, and this temper tantrum will now cost him $25,000. I tried to tell him, and he wanted to be a jerk, so let's see if he figures it out when he does his end-of-year bookkeeping. In this situation, do you think it's nicer to be petty and order the portalays and let them spend that $25,000? Or is it better to try to explain to them very clearly that you're going to spend $25,000 and try your hardest to pitch building this nice thing that people are going to enjoy way more? Is it worth the satisfaction of revenge to not try to lobby for building that thing anymore? I'd like to know what you guys think. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy compliance story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.